You are listening to Double Espresso with D, with me, D Sterling. Over the coming weeks, we will launch the D Double Espresso Shorts, 10-minute podcasts with key soundbites from my amazing guests on all the themes that matter to you. Risk, letting go, overcoming adversity, embracing failure, making change, identity, and how to be you, and many more. Many of my guests have talked about the importance of taking risk, to show yourself what you're made of, and to grow in every aspect of your life. All of them believe that if you don't take some risk and play it too safe, you will miss out on the many adventures and opportunities that life brings. I always say, give it a go, take the leap. What is the worst that can happen? My dear friend and guest, Jared Kite, is a big proponent of going out of your cozy zone and taking a risk. Many years ago, within a space of a few weeks, he left behind a successful business in London, which he built in his early 20s, and moved to San Francisco with one suitcase and nowhere to stay. Here he tells us what happened next. Starting in San Francisco, the most incredible sensation, visceral sensation of being 5,000 miles away or long further, I think. No phones, nobody knew where I was, nobody knew me there except this brief meeting with her and how liberating that felt. When you go back to that moment today of liberation almost, how does it make you feel? Excited that I know it's possible to have it again. Sad that it hasn't happened more often in my life. In that I felt wholly and truly alive in that moment. And I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of fairy tale magical in a way because I literally arrived there. I had $200 in my pocket. Um, this, this woman didn't know really anything about me other than I had that business. She assumed that I was turning up with somewhere to live and you know, she just didn't, didn't question it. She also thought I was about 10 years older than I was. Um, so I turned up with nothing and I remember looking in the paper and found a room which was on Alamo Square, which had the view of the famous kind of postcard uh, where you've got the skyscrapers in the background and the Victorian houses in front of And, you know, I was just completely blown away that this was possible. It was literally like a rush of something I'd never felt before. And, I, you know, it was, it was the kind of thing that people often describe as drugs. It was like a complete high, but it was just this extraordinary feeling of liberation and freedom. Yeah, that's all I can say. And that I had no idea what was going to happen. I think up to that point, everything felt like it had some uh, promise in front. Whereas this was, I had no idea. Well, it also makes me think of the fact that, you know, these opportunities arise and you either seize them or you don't, right? Or you either go with it. And probably back then, you know, if you talk to your parents, they would have said, well, you've got, you know, you, you can't leave your business. But probably in your mind at some epidermic level you you thought you'd nothing to lose right um it's kind of as i say like what's the worst that can happen do you think that we as people though really you know block ourselves because we don't we aren't open to the opportunities you have to be open to it right i'm a firm believer that we are given opportunities throughout our life because my understanding is that you know the the nature of life is that it's benevolent that it offers new beginnings all the time and you know, going back to what I do as, a, as a, an acupuncturist, I'm I'm working with the reality of the seasons and what the seasons teach us. 
and the seasons teach us is about change and about new opportunities. You know, in the past, you've referred to, you know, what you considered perhaps at the time was quite a rigid mindset because you were really in your in your business lane on that that highway. Talk me through the transition from that through to starting on a new path in acupuncture. Well, I arrived in San Francisco and had a feeling of liberation, but I also arrived with myself and my programming. So I very quickly took what I was used to and kind of imposed it into the new California life. And the striking difference was my work ethic versus the people that I was then working with. You know, they were a much more laid back crowd. Most of the people I met of my age had never worked before. They'd been to, you know, come out, to come out of school, gone into college, um, had never had a part-time job growing up. And I'd been working pretty much since I was 16 and I'd always had part-time jobs. So it was just normal for me. I had, I had this kind of English working class slash middle class work ethic. So for me, initially, I just put into place what I already knew, but it was sunnier. So I kind of... Uh, <laughs> Big advantage. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't turn straight into a, a hippie or this kind of liberated being. And this was the 80s in San Francisco. You know, it was the tail end of the hippie phase. The transition was having acupuncture. I mean, that was the thing is I, I was getting very um, upset with the people that were working for me at that point. I started employing people uh, because they wouldn't come to work on time. They would leave when they felt like it. They were kind of on their phones to their friends, wondering, you know, it just, I just wasn't used to that. For me, I was absolutely used to a very, very rigid work structure. And it was going to acupuncture, which I didn't believe in at all. I mean, the only reason I went really was because this guy that was recommended to me, Emmett, he was literally around the corner, and I thought, well, that's good. I can pop in there at lunchtime. So I was kind of curious, but I, I wasn't taking it that seriously. And I was going because several people I knew had been and said he was great. And I didn't like the interaction. You know, he was asking me questions about me and my life. I'd never done anything like that before, and I didn't believe in it. And the striking thing was, for me, was because I went as a non-believer, the next morning waking up and feeling different in a way that I can't really explain I mean, it was similar to the feeling that I had when I arrived there. So that's how I kind of knew it was in the same kind of camp of a new experience and, and, and a very welcome experience. So in the coming days, you know, you're back in work, you're doing your thing, you're back to what you know. Did you see all of that through a new prism because of this experience you had or how did it manifest itself? Uh, the thing that tipped it was the woman that had originally invited me to go out there. I said casually in the conversation to her after the treatment, I think it's time for me to start traveling again. And I said, I'm, I'm curious about going to China. I mean, it was bizarre. I didn't even link it with acupuncture or anything. And she immediately said to me, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make you a partner in one of my other businesses. She basically didn't want to lose me. So she kind of tempted me with money. And I remember then speaking to my mother and saying, I've got this dilemma. I really feel like I want to travel. You know, I'm, I'm only, I was 24 at the time. And my mother, of course, as mothers do, said, oh, no, no, you should take that opportunity and stay there and keep working. And the next morning I woke up and my gums were pouring with blood. And I went to the dentist. He says, nothing wrong with you. Went to the doctor, nothing wrong with you. And it kept happening until I finally said, no, I'm, I am going to leave. And it, the, literally, 
the bleeding gums stop right away. So I was starting to realize the kind of link of stress and the physical body. Uh, and then instead of going to China, I suddenly came up with this idea that I wanted to become a therapist, a psychotherapist. And that was really because people always used to come to me with their problems. And I think with this new insight, it was just all the, the stars aligned and suddenly I thought I want to do that. During that time, that is where I discovered a different place within myself, which I recognize is a different place where we can all meet as human beings. So it's, it all sounds a bit mad and woo-woo, but it's an actual feeling. It's an experience. And it goes back again to that feeling I had when I arrived in San Francisco, that feeling of freedom. The freedom to not be me in the name I've been given and the gender I have and sexuality I have and where I, you know, all of those labels that, that we, we, we're desperate to have and then trap us. Was that like an epiphany for you? Uh, no, it was a, a, when I first had it, it was an epiphany, but very difficult to get back to again. It was kind of a fleeting uh, feeling. Although it was powerful, I could feel that my conditioning pulled me back again. What shifted in your life, if anything? Yes, I gave myself permission to not follow any rules or regulations. My attitude was, and this was kind of my, my learning from my epiphany, is not to be attached to any of it. And I know it's kind of a, a trendy word at the moment, you know, non-attachment. But it really was like, well, I don't know if I want to be an acupuncturist in a year's time or 10 years' time. I don't know who I'm going to be next week. I mean, it really was that idea that this knowledge that we cling to and the labels don't serve me. And I, you know, and I still do it. I still build, I build more labels. And then I suddenly wake up and I go, I, I, no, I don't want this. Now, it does sound incredibly selfish, I think, and, you know, because it's not, it's not playing by the rules. Because the rules are that we all run together as a pack and we're there to support each other and to compete with each other and to live with each other. And, and I just, I think my lesson from the epiphany is I don't, I don't like that. I'm not interested in that. It doesn't get anywhere close to the experience that I've had and that I believe to be reality. But you came back and you returned to acupuncture. I mean, do you feel it was calling you back and, and indeed that that has been part of your calling in life? Yes, I, mi I missed it. I, and I, the reason I missed it is because I realized that when I was working with patients, the place that I inhabited as the practitioner was the part of me that felt most real. Why do you think people struggle so much with change? Because I think they believe they're supposed to be in control of their own life. They've been told that uh, you can do whatever you want. You've got to work out what it is you want, and you've got to do X, Y, and Z to achieve that. And so the mind has been given this um, responsibility that it doesn't really want. You know, the mind is there to compute the experience and to create a feedback loop that helps us with the natural process of change. So... The truth is, you no, know, none of us know what's going to happen. Some people do live their whole lives under the illusion that they are in control of it because they, they reduce it. They make it much, much smaller. So, of course, if you condense something and you, make, and you, you hold it really tight, of course, not much is going to change within that. But you're missing out. Yes. Well, suffocation. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, that's the kind of free will bit. You can choose 
to say, right, this is the way I want my life to be and I don't want any other influence. And if uh, someone like me comes along who's really annoying, challenging, I don't want it. You know, there are some people that come to me and I can tell they don't like me challenging them because I'm challenging the construct. So if you give one piece of advice to anybody who feels shackled for whatever reason and feels they want to bring about change, but they're like literally stuck. I know this is very unfair to ask, but what would that one thing be that you would say to them? I would say take a risk. You know, it doesn't have to be a big risk, but take step outside of the box and take a risk. I mean, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's not prescriptive, but something that feels like a risk. There's got to be a little bit of fear around it because when we break the mold, that's kind of scary when we've been investing in it for a long time. So don't, you know, don't, don't be destructive, don't be unkind, but take a risk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Double Espresso with Dean. Do connect with me on Instagram at D Double Espresso. I love hearing your feedback and what has resonated with you. And don't forget to join me next week for another amazing guest interview. Until then, au revoir.